What's going on, Pickleballers? Today's guest is Jack Monroe, aka Junior Mint. He was the youngest 5-0 in the nation at one time, and he's officially a professional pickleball player for the MLP. Just signed a three-year deal starting in 2024. Wild roller coaster recently, Jack. It's good to have you on the show, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. So Matt Calvert's got a question. Let's just go right from the top. You're officially a pickleball pro. Are you still in school? Yeah, I, I, I am still in school. I have a super full schedule because I'm committed to basically every pickleball or basically every tournament that is on the schedule. But um, I, I am going to UT. I'm hoping to start, well, I'm in the middle of starting a club at UT, a pickleball club. We're going to regionals, I think, next weekend, actually, in Houston. And yeah, so so I will be in school, um, but it'll it'll be more online, more online as time goes on, which will be really helpful for obviously the pickle career. Cool. And Matt asked a follow-up question to that. How are you going to balance pickle, professional pickleball and school? It's it's a good question, but I think being online is one of the biggest things. I mean, you've seen Ben do it. You've seen um, Foster do it. You've seen uh, a lot of these kids be able to do it because of the online school. They're also able to take less credits and then say, screw it, I'll do it in five years or something like that. Um, but I, I think being online is the perfect um, the perfect middle ground as well because you know then you could obviously travel, whatever. Once you're done playing at like four in the afternoon, then you go home, shower, do homework for like three four hours or something like that. So I think that's the best middle ground. Wow, I mean, it sounds like it, you went from like being very busy to even busier, which just seems hard to believe. But congratulations! I mean, we're definitely looking for you to be on tour. Can't wait. Yeah, thank you. So Matt and I were talking, we don't know what the last two weeks has been like, but once we saw Colin Schick sign for the PPA, we're like, all right, if Colin sign in, like our boy Jack has got to be signing pretty soon. So what was the two weeks like, or the last two to three weeks? And how did do how did a deal finally get done? Um, it was obviously pretty stressful because I mean, like you see like a bunch of these people that, that like I've beat are getting signed. And it's like, like, I mean, it's, it's more of, it's more of a game of like, almost who you know and it's obviously some of its results a lot of it is results um but yeah so it was it was super stressful like losing sleep over it like like come on um what's gonna happen but yeah we were we were in talks for a bit and um certainly i'm, I'm glad everything was it was able to get um, sorted because there's actually a lot of young talent that i'm glad got sure. picked up a couple names like uh like richard libernese i don't know if you know him um Roscoe, which I didn't yeah. think would get signed, but I think Roscoe, like, in my opinion, Roscoe Bellamy is going to be the next James Ignatowicz in the next like year, and so I think I think that's like another young talent. So I'm glad I'm glad that they're taking chances on these names, even obviously being me. So with some of these players that are now MLP signed but haven't been drafted in the past like does it kind of automatically mean getting drafted or what exactly does signing an mlp contract mean that's a good question and it's it's right now it's um it's pretty broad like um but what i would say is i i would I, I would think you're, you're not guaranteed a spot but it does obviously put you in a really good position to get drafted and so I think odds are now that a bunch of talent is split and left to the PPA, not a bunch of talent, but talent is left to sure. the PPA, that um, enough spots will be open that these people who do, that obviously got signed will likely be on the team. 
and not giving away too many secrets, I don't want to infringe on anything you got going on, but do you know if the MLP is going to run PPA, APP traditional style formats in, um, in addition to the team format, or is that still to be decided? My guess is they'll find some sort of um, collaboration with the APP, but that's obviously just rumors. Sure. I, I do expect them with the 200 days that you're committed with the MLP to do more than just, you know, um, two or four events and actually do some sort of tour um, around the states, whether it's with the APP or separate from the APP. Um, I do expect them to do that. And Zane actually had a great idea. He was like a lot of these teams should host events in say right. like the Bay Area Breakers, they should host an event in the Bay Area. And then all of these guys, all these teams just basically run a tournament in the area. Obviously MLP oversees it, but I think that would be a great idea. Right on. So taking your pickleball career like way, way back, let's go maybe 10 years ago, not sure when you started, but can you walk us through like how you got involved with pickleball and then kind of your trajectory until now? Yeah, so it started, oh my gosh, it started in like, oh my, it started in 2014, around then, I was playing baseball, I played baseball for like seven years before then, and I was pitching, I was traveling, you know, you know, just the, the normal travel baseball, um, uh, Team USA, and then I threw my arm out pitching one, one weekend, fractured my rotator cuff, it was really annoying, so I was in a sling, and then I went up to watch my dad at the whatever the local club and he was playing pickleball and I had no clue what these paddles and this clock clock was so after he was nice enough to introduce me to the people and then he put a paddle in my left hand and then we just started dinking for like 30 minutes after he finished playing and I was I was honestly hooked like as soon as it was just so much fun it was obviously super easy to get into which is still um one of the benefits of pickleball to this day is because like, you know, people who are unathletic can still play. Um, and so being being that young, it was actually, it was cool getting integrated in games and slowly making my way up. But yeah, it was actually my dad who introduced me while I was injured. And so as soon as I, as soon as I um, got the sling off, I realized like, no, I'll just stick to pickleball for a bit rather than going back to baseball. So is that the origin story of why you play mostly left-handed? Yeah, yeah, the the sling, the sling, hitting. No way. For, yeah, I hit for like, I don't know, three, four months with my left hand. And as soon as I took the sling off, it felt more natural to hit with my left hand. And so I, I still couldn't hit a serve. So I hit my serve right-handed and then my overheads at that time right-handed, but everything else was lefty. So I was actually switching back and forth and it, it honestly provided a pretty cool bridge with my game in order to switch hands and then cover both right. sides of my body with obviously two hands. So that was, it's honestly a big benefit. And I think, you know, if you're like a four or five or higher, I honestly think that it would be a pretty big uh, benefit to your game if you just, you know, started learning how to dink left-handed or something like that, just for reach. I mean, you see like, uh, you see Riley do it. Sure, Riley sure. Newman's honestly really good at it. Um, you see Deck will do it, Deckle, and so, yeah, yeah so it, it definitely does provide you um, that extra reach that honestly could be lucrative in points. Wow, unreal. So were you doing anything lefty prior to that, like right lefty, kick lefty, anything? No, no, nothing. But yeah, what's weird is after I started playing lefty for obviously a couple years, then like my footwork, my footwork is 
all left lefty oriented for the most part. Sure. So like if I go play soccer or something, my left foot feels like more balanced, more stable, more strong. And so it, it honestly reflects in other parts. Um, if I go to the gym or something like that, my left arm is more flexible. My left arm, like my left grip strength has more. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it honestly, I didn't think it would, I didn't think it would do more outside of pickleball, but it turns out it actually did. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Didn't know that that was the inception story, but it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, yeah, you could play extremely well with both hands. So wow. Fascinating to hear. So your dad got you involved in pickleball. How long before you got better than him? That's a good question. Um, shoot. Probably like two and a half years, I would say. Because he, he used to kill me. He used to kill me and he used to like, we used to stick cross court and he used to be like, listen, you're gonna hit 50 dinks in a row. Or like all, all this. And he, he used to kill me. Like it used to be like 11-3. And he, he used to be obviously at the top court, at the courts that we played at and at the park. And I used to be at the like bottom or the third court from the top. And then eventually I just slowly made my way up. And I'd say probably like uh, a little north of two years would probably be so right at the tail end of it, I was, I was obviously, I think a bit better. Yeah. And so then how, like, so you were a bit better. And then when I've seen you on the court playing with the guys, it just seemed like you were kind of toying with them, having fun. Like, did you just get way better, way faster than them to where, or is that just like your spirit in general of just having fun on the court? Or was it kind of a combination? Uh, certainly a combination, but I, I, I do like, I genuinely like having fun on the court and like sure. toying with people and doing that not just like dink dink 40 times um but but with that i would say um back back during that time i probably was like the top um or what you know one of the best because sure, there sure. were obviously a, a bunch there was a bunch of good players in the area to be honest for pickleball being that young yeah especially um, then yeah but yeah, and also like nothing's better than, you know, screwing with your dad, especially after like, you know, two, three years of him bullying you on the court. And especially when it, when you have a dad that chirps and then you're finally like your hands get better or you start like hitting actually like good aggressive shots and you're, you know, you're beating him up. Then it obviously it becomes it becomes more than a game. It's obviously better. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you took four like four year break, right? Where you played high school basketball. Mm -hmm. Like, do you ever look back and be like, and think like, dang, like if I would have kept playing or, or are you just like, so past that, like it's in the past, I'm not even going to think about it. No, 100%. It, it still haunts me, especially when people still bring it up, you know, um, like all the old names, <laughs> yeah, all the, all the old pros and stuff like that. Like it, obviously some nights you still lose sleep on it. It's like, what if, but I mean, it's just like, you know, any college, any college player that got injured, it's like, you know, there's still nightmares of like, what if, what if I went, right, what if I went right. pro or something like that. So it's not, it's really not unique, but um, especially seeing money come into pickleball now, it's like, shoot, if I had four years, just like a match, four years, two hands, like, come on, I'd be earning from both sides of the court. Right. So, stuff like that. Like, it, it is cool to dream, but I mean, back to reality, I mean, like back then you look at you look at when Ben like Ben was playing. Um, when Ben started out, uh, Frazier was playing back in the day and it's like right. seeing them obviously at the top, it's I mean, it, it's it's a no brainer that I'd be up there with them. Once I beat that guy or once I'm consistently better than that person, like I've arrived. Like do you ever 
put goals to beating people or is it just you kind of focusing on your own game? Uh, it's it's certainly more focused on my own game. Like I try to get I try to get better at specific shots and stuff like that in terms of consistency. But I obviously I think it's good to have like a short and long term goal of who you um, like desire to beat, or right, it, right. if that makes sense. So say like back in the day with dad or something like that. Like I obviously wished, and like that was one of my reasons. Like whatever, I'm gonna be good enough to you know eventually beat my dad consistently and so i do think having goals like that is helpful um whether whether it's short term and long term because i think that you can have both like eventually i want to be as good as riley newman but in the short term i'll try to be as good as you know somebody a bit less so sure yeah. fair enough and do you have any advice for aspiring pros uh, you certainly have to network uh, i think networking is pretty big especially oh. seeing Especially seeing the PPA, uh, MLP, APP, all this stuff, uh, it's certainly, well, even even outside of pickleball, it's, it's it's almost not what you know. So you know, so I think networking is important. Uh, yeah, don't don't be the guy that like sits in the corner of the pro tent and you know just like scrolls on his phone. Uh, it's all it's right. good to build obviously relationships, go out to dinner with people after, and obviously be nice to everybody. Um, uh, watch film. Film is important. Like record your games. Ask people. Ask. It, it's it's tough at points because if you're the worst one and you're not getting invited to these games anymore because you honestly like they don't want you there. Sure. Like go ahead, ask them and be like, hey, like what do I need to work on in my game? Or if you're in these games and you just want to get better, ask ask the people that you're playing with. Because they're, odds are they're not going to gatekeep unless you're like Ben and Riley or something like that. They're, they're not going to gatekeep. They honestly, they're going to tell you like, like this is really good. I have no clue where you're going to hit it when the ball's right here or when it's here. I know you're going to hit it here or you have a really good backhand counter or something like that. So it, it's certainly worth reflecting on your game yourself as well as asking the people around. Makes sense. And going back to your goals and how you say like you focus on certain shots or just overall game. What are some things that you feel like you need to do better or that you're currently working on to kind of get to the next level? Um, one of the, one of them is honestly pretty fun to learn. It's the scorpion. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah, I honestly, nothing's better than scorpion somebody and like anticipating nothing. it. Um, nothing. But yeah, in terms of in terms of more niche shots, I instead of like slicing a volley cross court in a dink rally, I need to one hand kind of roll a sure. dink back, like roll, roll a volley cross court consistently. And I don't have that because, you know, if, if I immediately show that I'm gonna hit a slice cross court, the guy in front of you knows, so he's gonna slide. Um, right. Compared to if I hit a roll, they're gonna be on their heels because, you know, if I roll, then they could think that I'm gonna speed the ball There's up. more options, right. Yeah, so, so I'm working on that. Um, forehand off the bounce speed up, and I've been watching film of the best people that do it. So for example, like Matt Wright has a really good off the balance forehand speed up. Uh, Dylan Frazier. I like Dylan. Which, yeah, I, I really like uh, Dylan a bit more than Matt Wright in terms of their game, just because I I genuinely, I, I like how Dylan sets up Jacob. I, sure. I just, I he's not afraid to speed the ball up and obviously he's got world-class hands. But yeah, so so I watch them and those are the, those are the two shots that I'm working on. Yeah, I know. 
I, I'm a huge Scorpion fan. I told Matt that I might abandon it because I just can't, like once every five times I go down, I actually like hit the ball and it goes in. And the other four times it goes by me on like my wrong shoulder. Like I'm just maybe not at that level yet, but it just feels so good when you hit one like and it goes in. But how do you, how do you read that? Cause that's something maybe I'm not doing well. Maybe it's just, I'm not at that level yet. But like when I see Deckel do it or Colin do it, Zane, like they're always reading it right. It's like, is there any signs other than just like them winding up and, or like, how do you read it? Yeah, I mean, certainly like with with, with Colin and Deckel, like, they honestly look at the person in front of them. And then as soon as they see him lean in and basically drop their, drop their wrist like this, like they're going to speed the ball up. Then right. they immediately get down, but it's it's way tougher to scorpion, and I wouldn't recommend scorpion uh, when when the ball's like off the ground, so so it bounces. God, but honestly, it's better to just it's better to just take a step back, and then kind kind of you know you're you're not in the mid court, but you're a few steps off the kitchen line to give you sure. some more time, because when it's off the bounce especially if they have a good forehand speed up or a good backhand speed up they can hit that ball anywhere right and right with the scorpion you're only you're only covering this really so if they go line it's really tough or if they go too too far and it, it is tough so you're limited with the scorpion when it's off the bounce so i'd probably just take a step back fair enough and with the scorpion at least it's been my experience that i'm gonna hit an out ball is there any way to like prevent that or or like when I'm here, it's like I'm hitting any ball that comes in my sight. Like, is there a way to like, like take down the scorpion and not hit it, or like you're just fully committing? Nah, I'm dealing with that too. Cause there, there are some times where people do it and they literally like they're going for a bag, but since I'm like a step down, they're just hitting it as hard as they can above my head, and I'm just yeah, I'm committed. So honestly, yeah, okay, I, I'm at the, I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Quick questions for you to kind of wrap this thing up dream mlp men's doubles partner got a question mlp player in terms of shoot i have like i have some players that i really like i don't know how i don't know how i'd mesh with them um but players at least players that i like watching that, that i'd love to play and i know you said mlp but i i honestly love deckles game um but I, I honestly love Andre Mick's game too. His, oh, nice. I genuinely, I think that style of game would be really good for viewership. And sure. you know, if we if we get four guys that are Andre Mick on the court, it would be a really really fun game. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like that faster pace um, type of tempo. Now where, like obviously, I, 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 you know, if I had to pick, I'd say Ben, just because <laughs> I know I'm winning. Um, sure. But. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to give like Andre Mick or something like that a try where, you know, like we can shake and bake when they hit a drive because sure. of lefty or they're kind of speeding up a bit, a bit riskier balls. I'm not saying like 40, 60 type balls, but I'm saying like if it's out of the air and it's, you know, a little under hip level that they're still speeding it up um, because I genuinely like that style of game. So people like that, I, I'd love to play. And as a lefty, are you more... I guess conscious or looking for people that like jive better with 
a lefty or is it kind of the same thing whether you're playing two righties like in in meshing together or are you looking for something different than maybe a righty and a righty wouldn't necessarily look for it's honestly a completely different it's a completely different game and the, the stuff that you look for and that's why um ha having chemistry is way better than talent in right. terms of your partner and so because obviously you have two forehands in the middle so if i'm thinking cross court and so the guy if, I mean, it, it's tough. It's tough without, you know, like writing it down. But I should be covering middle if the ball's across from me, and then my partner should cover middle if the ball's in front of me. So it, it's cool having two forehands in the middle, and so you do have to learn your rules a bit differently, especially sure. when you have two forehands in the middle off the ground, or like, you know, if they hit a dink in the middle. Right. Um, typically, I just let the left guy do it because, you know, the the, the lefty or the righty that's on the left is used to covering sixty percent sure. of the sure. court. So I'm just like, dog, do your thing. I'll just stay out of your way. Um, but yeah, so so there are com completely different roles being a, a lefty righty. Right on. Next one, dream mixed doubles. Partner, we do, I don't have to throw in the MLP. Just let's just go in general. Like, who are you choosing? Uh, well, you you can't beat Annalie. Like, genuinely, uh, I know it's I know it's tough, but if you if you break down her game, the fact that she poaches off other people, like she poaches off Ben Drive, like Ben Drives, at, right. at, at the guy. Like, right, right. Like who who does that? And she like poaches with her two-e, I mean, poaches with her forehand. She's genuinely um, super aggressive. She'll speed up at the guy, like down his line. She'll always keep him watching. Um, and if you if you look at her footwork, I mean, obviously she's had a bunch of tournaments with Ben, so they are um, they do have really good chemistry, but she knows when to take a step off the line to hit a cross-court dink, so then Ben can also come over and look to attack when he slides, and she also knows when to stay at the line and then volley to add pressure with the cross-court dink, and she does, like, she just knows, she, she knows her role, obviously, to a T, so, I mean, I, if, I would, yeah. If you take Ben away from Annalie, like, have Riley and Annalie, and just let's say we give Ben, like, CP, how many people do you think Annalie, how many partners could Annalie win with over Ben? Because Riley and Annalie, at least, was it earlier this year at the Masters? Or maybe at the end of last year, Riley and Annalie like just destroyed Ben and Catherine. But is that the only person that Annalie could beat Ben with? Or you throw J-Dub in there and he has a chance too? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think there's at least four, four guys that... You, you put Annalie with, that could be Ben CP. Unreal, man. Yeah, yeah. that's just next level. Mm -hmm. So you're the king of bags. I mean, you've talked about it a little bit earlier. You, I see it on your gram all the time. See, I saw you playing ping pong, going for a bag. <laughs> What's with the obsession? Where did it start? Uh, just, um, I honestly had to like, learn how to, um, well, obviously it went back, back like eight years ago, um, because you know, bags were still a thing. And it was still, I think it was still, it was still called a bag. Yeah. And so it, it was honestly just fun. Like people are watching, you bag somebody. It's almost like, it's almost like you dunk over someone in basketball right, and then like right. walk over, then you walk over, like it's almost disrespectful. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it, it is fun and like wreck as long as obviously it's not like at their head. Sure. Um, 
But, but I, you I have almost... this shot where you are like solely going for a bag, it seems like. Like you're hitting it as probably as hard as you can, like just trying to bag someone. I mean, does that ever come up in tournament play or is that solely a rec thing? Yeah, no, no. It, and it's a big thing in tournaments. And if you know my game, you'll know that if I if I know that the guy that's a lot of notes, I'm sorry. Um but are if you I sure know... you want to divulge this? I mean <laughs> Basically, there's some people. There's some people who slide. There's some people who stand still, and there's some people who jump when they're countering. And so, right. okay. ba based on that archetype, you can understand which people are basically. Um, if if you load up, you'll understand where they're gonna go. So then you can just aim for that area. And it's honestly, it it it's sweat equity at the beginning of games because if you go for it, even if you miss. Sure. then they're less likely to stay at the kitchen line when you wind up with that 2e next time, even if it's going to be a roll. So it, it pays off because then they're at least more timid when you wind up with that. Interesting. Yeah. So what are you looking for? Are you specifically looking for like a slider? Or because somebody that stays still, like like J-Dub, I mean, he's got his like paddle right here almost at all times. Well, it's down at his right hip, but then when he sees a wind up, he brings it up a little. Like that's somebody you would want to avoid that strategy with, right? Just because he's going to counter it immediately? Or who yeah. do you look for specifically? Yeah, so so um, height's a big one, to be honest. Like, you, you honestly don't want to do it with guys that are, um, the guys that are, like, too tall. Because oh. even if you're hitting it, even if you're hitting it, you're, you're speeding up below the net, so it's coming up. Sure. And so if they're, if they're super tall and then their paddle's just naturally at chest level, then you're just hitting it straight to their paddle. Right. Um, uh, bigger people are obviously easier, just because I mean, literally body mass. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things to take into account, and I genuinely think about it before games. Um, but with J-Dub, I, I honestly wouldn't even think yeah. about it yeah, because he, yeah, obviously <laughs> he's got some world class ahead. All right. Who's your dream person to bag? Any anyone. It could be your dad again or anyone. I mean, who, who who's the dream? What's the dream? Um, that's a good question. Uh, probably Jared Paul at the kitchen. That's a, that's a big one. Um, my dad. I would love to bag my dad again. Um, Sam Query. <laughs> uh, you know, just just a bunch of people. Uh, there, there, there's a lot, but obviously I, I don't want to say any pros because then, then it'll obviously cost money. Right on. So you have like a bag list of like, you have like check marks, like, all right, I haven't got this person yet. Need to get that person. <laughs> I wish. All right. Last one for you. Do you have a recent pickleball tip that you learned that that's like turned into a favorite of yours? That's kind of been a recent thing. Mm. That's a good question. Um, it's pretty generic, but go for your serve. Yeah, that's a big you see, one. you see a lot of these. A lot of these pros are going for their serve at least like eighty percent now, and it pays off because whatever you get a ball that bounces two feet in front of the kitchen. Okay, cool. You're automatically at the net. Sure. So um, definitely go for your serve, whether it's spin or power. It's up to you. If there's you can honestly break down a serve and we could have a podcast on just the serve. Right. Um, but but yeah, there's there's certain there's certain serves that can um, 
say like you hit a top spin or a slice serve and you can figure out what your opponent what your opponent likes so if they don't like a slice serve or you know they don't have the best footwork or all of that stuff they don't like it when they're hitting like high slices then go ahead and add top spin or stuff like that but i do think going for your serve adding depth whether it's flat or top spin or if you have a good slice serve um you certainly go for it i don't care if you miss two a game just keep going for it so it's still like that zane never till like 90 percent like that's still kind of the mark yeah yeah I'd say so. right on all right yeah. any last words where can people find you if they want to stay updated uh at the jack monroe on instagram i'm also on tiktok as well um at the jack monroe i'm pretty sure but uh yeah i mean just trying to make uh unique content that isn't cliche so yeah that's my goal cool right on jack monroe ladies and gentlemen thank you i appreciate it bro